All right. Good morning, golfers. Welcome to On Par with Anthony Scorcher. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful August 7th, 2021. Looking forward to a great show. We're talking with Andrew Wilson, Director of Agronomy at Beth Page. First, a little shout-out to Nellie Corder for her uh, gold medal, gold medal um, performance at the Olympics. What a wonderful – I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but, um, I mean, it was – just dramatic and and golf at its best last night if you got a chance um you know nelly was in the lead for a while then makes double bogey and and brings everybody back into the into the uh to a tie and at one point there may have been three people tied for the lead um just lots of drama lots of great golf lots of um interesting play and and lydia ko was on fire for a while and and this uh, Aditi Ashok from India, what a what a breath of fresh air that girl was, young lady uh, who putted the lights out. Um, but all credit to Nellie Corder for her uh, gold medal win last night, who not only uh, wins the gold medal, but she wins the 100th gold medal for Team USA in the Summer Olympics. So well done, Nellie Corder. What a fun round to watch. Um, as I said, just dramatic and entertaining altogether. Uh, looking forward to a great show, but we're going to sh- take a short break. You're listening to On Par with Anthony Scorcher. Pete's Golf. Since 1979, Pete's Golf has been practicing the art of club fitting and has been selected as a top 100 club fitter by Golf Digest magazine. At Pete's Golf, we use the best technology available to create an exceptional fitting experience for every customer that walks into our store. Visit Pete'sGolf.com or call 516-248-6891. That's 516-248-6891 and get your next set of clubs fit for you. Golf course superintendents are the unsung heroes of our great game. Due to the game's efforts, we now have turf that needs less water, courses that are more sustainable, with many now offering natural wildlife habitats. From the days of old Tom Morris, golf course superintendents have given golfers a reason to love this great game. But don't take my word for it, Jack Nicholas agrees. If you love golf like I do, thank a golf course superintendent. A message from the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America and local superintendents everywhere. Hey everyone, this is Chris Fochelle with Mizuno. There's no better feeling than having your clubs perfectly dialed in, and with over 2,000 authorized performance fitting partners nationwide, it couldn't be any easier to get custom fit using Mizuno's revolutionary Shaft Optimizer 3D. Find the right shaft and match it with any of our legendary grain flow forgings or our award-winning hot metal irons featuring high-strength chromoly. Visit MizunoGolf.com to find the nearest authorized fitter in your area, and remember, nothing feels like a Mizuno. All right, and we're back. Pleased to have Andrew Wilson, the director of golf, uh, excuse me, agronomy at Beth Page, uh, sitting in with me today. Andrew, great to have you, man. Yeah, pleasure to be here. You know, it's um, in the years I've always had you on, and you know, you've always called in. Now I get to basically, essentially, come to your office and, and do the show with you. It's, this is really a nice little thing that um, you guys have set up here at Beth Page, and all credit to Kelly for doing that. But. Yeah, yeah, no, this is a cool little uh, event for golf, and the the pro shop definitely is a little more of a hub now since since Kelly's been here. I think. And, yeah. And the junior program is uh, out of this world now. The junior kids, it's really refreshing to see a bunch of young kids here all the time. Yeah. And, and seem like they're having fun. So. Absolutely. Uh, Megan Youngman just actually won an award for uh, junior golf teacher of the year or something. Oh, really? Good. To Good. that effect. So. Yeah. Um, 
really uh, great for her. She's a great kid and uh, a, a wonderful woman, and and so, um, so that's nice to see that uh, she's being recognized for all her work. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so what's going on? I mean, Beth Pay. I mean, every year, you know, you and I were talking before, and and it seems like um, every year is. Uh, a fresh page. It's a, every season's a new, uh, a new season. It's like a, a chicken born new every day. And so, uh, what's this year been like? And this season been like post COVID. Uh, lots of golfers. What's been the challenge? I think to this point at Beth Page. Uh, you know, I think earlier in the year it was probably kind of the post COVID. What do we do now? What's allowed? What's not allowed? And and just. Uh, sometimes maybe the golfer buying his ticket doesn't realize that, but that does affect how we run our our, our maintenance crew. Sure. Like, like they have to take their temperatures every day anymore and things like that. And uh, So we, you know, I think the guys did pretty well and very well, and, and the weather is always the big, uh, you know, we deal with human nature and mother nature, so two things, you, sometimes <laughs> it's hard to control, <laughs> yeah. and it can be controlled by, by them. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think the the crew has done a, a really fine job with the courses this year, and I think the, the weather, it's a little bit of a wet July more than we're used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that has its, uh, you know, the when you get a little bit of rain, everyone gets happy because you don't have to worry about hand watering. And then that one day we had five inches of rain, which was a big, you know, that kind of crimps or put a crimp on our plan for three or four days. Right. Uh, recovering from that. And, uh, but other than that, it's been, it, knock on wood, it has not been that terrible summer, at least for us. We've for- yeah. For the um, for the average listener, you know the people who aren't in tune to what you do and what um, your profession does. Uh, when you said you get like five inches of rain, and people who aren't familiar or aren't as clued in think, "Wow, that's great! Just don't run the water or don't run the sprinklers for five days or whatever," you know, whatever it is. But when you get that much rain in a, in a shorter period, what's the recovery process like? Take us through that sort of step by step. Uh, with that much rain, it seems like water gets trapped where it normally doesn't. So even mm-hmm. areas where we have drainage that can take that much rain and, and disperse the water or you mm-hmm. know basically put the water on the ground, uh, there are areas where the water gets so high. Like, say, the, the spot we had trouble with was coming off Round Swamp Road. The water was coming off of Round Swamp Road from Town of Oyster Bay drain wells. So right. there's not much we can do about it when they keep overflowing onto the golf course. And the 15th fairway and 16th fairway of the black horse, which usually are pretty fine if, you know, we have a, an inch of rain, no trouble. But this time it crested over and basically then we have water trapped in an area that we have to try and pump somewhere else. And mm-hmm. uh, then it just turns into, well, the guys who are going to rake the traps now have to set up the pumps. So right. then the golfer, right. the golfer might say, eh, the traps weren't that great that today. And it's like, oh, we had to react to weather. So that, sure. that's the day to day. Uh, decisions at the superintendent and, the, the, and the labor kind of gets dispersed in other areas and have you have other priorities at that point right 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 then you know, same same instance the guy who might have been rolling the greens maybe we were going to cut and roll that day and now the guy sure. who's going to roll well he's got to blow the greens off because there's debris everywhere from the storm so it's yep. sort of uh you know catch as catch can with some of the things we're doing and then it, it's not just as simple as not running the sprinklers because you've had that much rain what do you have to do to sort of are the things you have to be aware of uh, that you're obviously educated and skilled in dealing with, but in terms of any kind of disease from that kind of mo- level of moisture that you've had for extended periods of time, what do you do to mitigate that sort of um, reaction? Oh, sure. uh, we'll say our our Black Horse superintendent, Mike Hadley, does a fantastic job out there. And so mm-hmm. before that, the big rains, it's, he's done it a few times this year where he'll uh, poke holes in, say, some of the fairway spots. We'll, we'll just call them bird baths where we have right. little... Uh, little where spots they hold water. where water collects. 
And same thing, if we were going to have an inch of rain, uh, poking holes in those areas might be enough to allow the water to drain in, have enough air movement, five inches of rain, that water is just going to fill up and it's not really going to go anywhere. And then, sure. then it gets a little hotter out and the roots get a little anaerobic. There's no oxygen in the root zone. Then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the water can heat up the soil a little more. It gets a little hotter. And you can you can see some areas on the golf courses now. I mean, I'd be shocked if any golf course didn't have a few where uh, you just have some bird baths that just sort of melt out, like the grass just sort of disappears. And then right, the, right. the POA comes back in another couple, another month or two. The temperatures will be a little better for POA. Uh, you know, with with our for the you know the non-turf person who who is a golfer, uh, we have cool season grasses. Mm-hmm. So the cool season grasses is uh, very similar to you, like I'd say a person. You know, cool season grasses are at their optimum between say 75 degrees and 57 degrees. Right. You know, like comfortable weather. For sure. When it when it if you're if you're standing outside and you're sweating, not doing anything, like that's not good for the grass either. Like so. <laughs> right. You know, all those humid nights where you go outside and it's just so sticky out, like the the grass just doesn't recover as well. So, right. Right. Uh, it's not going back into the air conditioned house. Correct. Recovering. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's kind of yeah. just enduring at that point. Right. Right. You know, I went upstate for the Symmetra tour. They had a little uh, a women's event at, mm-hmm. at Pine Haven Country Club, mm-hmm. and I went up there it was 85 degrees during the day and then at nighttime it got down to about 61 which was nice yeah and that really doesn't happen on long island with i guess with the ocean we get moderated a little bit where it's yes. 80, 85 during the day and 73 at night and the grass doesn't have that it's not as much of a recovery period for the turf yeah long island in its geographic position has the benefits of certain things in terms of storm wa- storm activity and stuff like that some of it we get buffered from but the negative is though we do have some some humid and some some stale nights for right, sure right right and then in the summertime it's always uh, very haphazard in terms of thunderstorms we just were talking about how montauk got an inch and a half of rain the other day and we didn't get anything and then right. a couple of weeks ago i think we got two tenths of an inch and then even in old westbury they were saying they got an inch of rain so sure 15 miles away they got twice as much or four or four times as much rain as we did so that that happens all summer long so yeah every golf course yeah. right it's like this little microclimate that sort of uh endures little different episodes and incidents if you will that uh not everybody i mean you're all in it together but not always at the same time right exactly <laughs> yeah yeah and then so usually the great equalizer is the temperatures of september and september i think Right. Every right. superintendent looks forward to September. Big, big, uh, <laughs> deep uh, breath out and a sigh of relief yeah. at that point. Right. So, you, you know, you're in charge of, you're the director of agron- agronomy for Beth Page, which obviously, you know, is a large property, five golf courses, um, lots of green grass and, and other things. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, you obviously have a rolling plan of projects and things that you want to attend. How do you manage all that? Take us through sort of how you organizationally plan for the uh, care of Beth Page? Well, there's, you're right, there's sort of a general plan. Um, it's sort of, uh, what is that, like, similar to when people say you know, climate is what to expect and then weather is what you get. Like, you, right, you kind of yeah. know. It's, sure, sure. You know, so we have sort of like in the, you know, I would say even in April, we could tell you about 80% of what we're going to do you know, around what time we're going to do things. And then when you have to really dial it down day to day, that's when things might you know, happen on Wednesday or Thursday. Like there was, uh, for instance, on uh, I'll go back to the Black Horse. Uh, early in, in May, we got some really dry, warmer weather, and we were going to do a granular fertilizer application that we didn't do, and then we went to liquid mm-hmm. fertilizer because it was just a little easier for us, and it worked into what we were doing. 
and now we're running out of liquid fertilizer because we used it for that spray. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, uh, right, little right. things like that. And sure. then uh, we have we also have a construction superintendent whose name is Vince Herzog. He's very talented as well, and uh, so we'll you know we work together and we'll have like a little plan of projects. And so, say the other day on the blue course, he fixed up one of the cart paths, and he just. Uh, you know, we we knew he had a four or five hour window where he'd have some time, and so it wasn't enough to get into a, a detailed project. But mm -hmm. you know, so we have sort of these morning projects, one or two day projects, and then projects where we might need uh, a week or so. Uh, the the bunkers on 14 of the yellow, we've been wanting to get into those for a couple of years. And then whether it was the PGA Championship or uh, a, a basically last February, we kind of got snowed out for the month. Like we kind of mm -hmm. wanted to get into it, and he couldn't get into it, and then. Other projects sort of take priority. Sure. Uh, you know, at Beth Page, especially the black horse is the, the straw that stirs the drink. So sure. uh, we've redone some bunkers on the black horse three or four times and haven't done some of the bunkers on the other courses once. So that's, right, that right. sort of gets into it, too. So, yeah, sure. sure. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's I think as a manager, sometimes you just have to, you know, learn to live with, uh, you know, you want to get five things done, but you really only have time to do two things. And what do you choose and how do you, you know, justify it and, sure. and move on from there? Which, and, and you make a great point, right? So two things. One, Beth Page, the black, is the, the, the straw that stirs the drink. And two, it's not the only thing that you've got going on here. First of all, you have, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of rounds of being played every day. You have a um, number of tournaments, qualifiers, you know, the Hebron every year, the New York State Open. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not like... Um, there's nothing going on here. There's no dead period at Beth Page. Right. So to manage all this stuff is, uh, you know, there's no quiet period. Uh, it's booming all the time. So and, that's and another thing. To yeah. And, and some of that's, uh, I, 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 say, I usually say it's better to be too busy than not busy enough. Sure. Uh, so this on Monday, we have a shotgun on the blue and the red. Uh, Tuesday, we have a shotgun on the black. Wednesday and Thursday, there's the, the women's amateur on the red. Uh, Thursday is also the... Uh, drive, chip, and putt on the green course. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it's you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a pretty good week, <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah. so when you're trying to manage, you know, uh, the golf course, and and it's it's, and you're prioritizing, it's it's a challenge for sure. Right, right. That's that's uh, you know part of it too, and I think sometimes that can affect. Uh, and sometimes that can affect the golfer experience. Sometimes, like mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we do have. Uh, uh, a tournament on one course, and maybe it poured it poured the day before, and we have a tournament on a, on one of the courses the next day, and we have to take employees from the other courses to make sure the one tournament course is okay, whether it's right. the black or the red, or sometimes the blue has outings and, sure. and tournaments, and then uh, so you might play, you might be playing the green course that day, and be like, eh, it was good. <laughs> And you know, like I, I think, I think we do a good job of yes. of keeping everything good. Yes. You know, like yes. that, making sure people are getting value for their money. But there are days where the, the our calendar of events really dictates what we have to do. It's not just uh, just not just taking care of the grass. It's it's realizing that we're in the customer service business too. And sure. I mean, our our job is to take care of the grass, but it really is a customer service job. Talk a little bit about the Beth Page Red. I uh, to me, I think it is such a great golf course. Um, from a from a player standpoint, uh, it, it's 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 bold, it's interesting, it's got great architecture as well. It doesn't get enough credit as everybody sort of in the know knows. Um, you have a lot of experience around that page red. Uh, don't you enjoy being around that golf course? I mean, and working on that golf course, mm -hmm. it certainly gets its. Uh, it doesn't get enough notoriety. 
you know, you say that, but then uh, what do we have? That Golf Magazine Municipal Course List came out. Did right. you see that? And it was number four in the number country. Number four, I, yes. I, I, yeah. was, I was fairly shocked, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. On the upside, very, we were all very pleasantly surprised. I mean, yeah. I think, uh, you know, maybe that's the start of something like the Red. Uh, yeah. You know, I think we have a superintendent's outing every year on the Red, and uh, everyone always seems to really enjoy the course. Oh, I it's, know. I was, I was bummed to miss that. I wanted yeah. to play in that this oh, year. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's sort of similar to the Black where it's, uh, you know, stern but fair, but not so maybe not so stern. Not you know. so. It's not as penal. Correct. Term, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? The fairways are wider. The, bunk, yeah. the bunkers aren't as deep. So it's yep, uh, yep. you know twenty percent you know less of the black course. Yeah. But uh, but you, you're right. It's like Beth Page Black Light almost to some extent. Right, and you can ride a cart, which is a lot of. I do hear sure. that quite a bit. People yes. can ride, so that that's uh, part of the appeal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has length. It has variety. Uh, yeah, I think it just it's just a, a, a strong golf course. And, and did uh, you do a project not too long ago on that on the split fairway, or were you planning? So we, to? we didn't get to that because of uh, February as well. So okay, we're thinking of uh, of maybe of possibly either raising the tee that's there currently. There's just one tee for the blues and the whites. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the well, you know the, and then so we could either raise that tee or build an extra blue tee and maybe build that one up. There's a few options. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. What's the just for people listening? What are the thoughts behind? Uh, for those who don't know, it's it's a split fairway. It's one of the few. It's the only one here, right? I think. If and it wasn't originally designed as a split fairway. Right. It was originally just the left side of that fairway was there. So, okay. Uh, if you look at the aerial, it almost to, to me at least, you know, I'm not an architect, but to me it almost would remind me of five of the black then because it has a. If there was only the left side, it has the fair, the cross bunker that you kind of have to navigate. You, you can choose how far you want to, how much meat you want to chew off that thing. Sure, like a like a cape hole kind of situation. Right, right. So there's a, there's also a bunker on the left side of the fairway, like short left of the fairway, that has grass mounds that kind of hide it. And mm-hmm. that was also another idea that that was given to us by uh, someone from Reese Jones's office about if we got rid of those mounds and that bunker was much more visible, that might uh, make the whole a little more visually impactful, uh, mm-hmm. I think. I think when, because uh, you, if you're if you're on the tee, you don't even know how many bunkers are there. If it's the first right. time you're playing the course, so sure. it is a little uh, might be a little disarming trying to play that whole one. So mm-hmm. I think part of our idea was there's the idea that some of these old golf courses have that sort of mystery to them, where if you're hitting it flat off the deck and you might not know what's up there, but right until you've played it a th- couple of times. Right. I guess the other thing too now is with yardage books and and GPS on everything, like people. A lot of people do know the bunkers are there, so there's make, no mystery, right? Wouldn't it make it better if we just raised the tee up a few feet, and this way you can see the hole, and it's just a little more of a visual impact. Uh, and then, you know, I don't, I don't really know. Some people have asked about, you know, when did that become a, when did we start mowing the fairway on the right side? Right, right. Now, honestly, to me, sometimes like, oh, did you know the last of an architect decided that? Sometimes I. Uh, I think a lot of maintenance happens. A lot of architectural decisions get made by a guy in a tractor 40, <laughs> yeah. 40 years ago who just sure. figured out maybe one area was getting worn out because they had to turn in it all the time, and then you started driving all the way around. And right, it's right, a giant right. field of nothing over there. So yeah, right, right, right. Now it's irrigated and all that. But, right, 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 uh, sure. Yeah, there are some sometimes decisions that get made, that <laughs> depending on the equipment that was available and all that. Sure. Uh, you know, six of, six, of, six of the black was like that a little bit too. In front of the fairway bunkers, 
they used to get cut as fairway, and that used to be when the, the fairway mower was tractor-drawn. Right. So I really believe the tractor couldn't get back up the hill, and it really just made wider turns in front of those bunkers. Right. And some people were thinking that was like a legendary design move <laughs> or something. I really don't think so. I think that was just the guy, the mowing equipment was over there. There's really no reason, there's no advantage to hitting it in front of either of those bunkers. To right. You know, it's right, it right, versus right. the center of the fairway. So sure, sure. There are some uh, strange things that happen sometimes. Yeah, no, but I mean... It turns out, though, it's. I think it's one of the best holes on the red. I, I really. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. I red, love yeah. it. The split is, fairway. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome, and I do like the idea. Um, I think it's a good point. I never really thought about it in terms of uh, with the GPS and taking the sort of mystery out and out of it. But there's also a um, one of the things that people like to say. It is a little cliche. Is that some of the old school golf courses, everything's right in front of you. And so in something like that, that would then, raising that tee box, would put everything out in front of you mm-hmm. and make it more um, visually impactful, as you said, and, but yet still challenging because right, you still got to right. hit the shot. Exactly. And you might even, if you can see it, you might, you know, maybe you would take a chance a little more about, you know what, I think I can hit it a little further down the fairway and, and chance the bunkers a little bit instead of, right. you know, maybe, maybe guys aren't. Uh, you know, and a lot of, when you look at old aerials of that area on the red course, there was there wasn't a tree in sight either. Like so some right. of those trees were planted in the eighties, I think. And some <laughs> yeah, uh, right. One one I don't like want trees to come down on their own. You know when they no, come down like during that storm last year we mentioned during the tropical yep. storm. Yeah. But uh, you know another tree or two gone over there might might help that hole out a little bit too. Sure, yeah. sure. What any um any important projects to, that you're thinking about or lining up uh, as of right now <laughs> is a priority. You, you may not get to it, like you said. But what are you thinking about for next year already in terms of the property? Uh, those bunkers on 14 of the yellow have been on our radar for a while. Uh, you know, and so sometimes, uh, like everybody else, we, you know, we can make some mistakes too. I think, I think when we first started renovating bunkers in the early 2000s on the other courses, some, some of them we made a little too hard. Like visually, we made them, they looked great as soon as we finished sodding them and things like that. And I, but I, they were more like black, they were more black horse bunkers. Okay, gotcha. And so I think that you got a little carried away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The size of the maintenance crew and just the difficulty, even for the players. I think some of the bunkers sure. are a little too. Uh, we've done it on a, on a, a bunker or two on the other courses where we've raised the floor up a little big. Like you know, we we really made black horse bunkers where it's you know yeah yeah seven feet below the green and now like <laughs> all right maybe two feet below the green is probably about right. <laughs> uh, but we you know some other projects that we've done there are things on the black horse we've been picking off. Uh, you know last year one of the one of the things that we got done which was great is we we finally fixed the drainage on the the bunkers on number eighteen. Like, they had been in trouble for years, and uh, we had to rent a bigger excavator than we had, and our, our construction superintendent finally dug down and found the pipe that was just clogged up. You know, it's probably clogged up for 15 years. Oh, wow. And so that was, like, a big, big win for us because now, uh, in terms of, like, an infrastructure thing, it might, sure. be, it might be boring to golfers, but, you know, I remember during 2009 and some of our other tournaments, we've always been petrified about what, what's going to happen on the 18th hole. Sure. And now we seem to have a much better handle, and, and like, we've had that five-inch rain, and then the bunkers drained out really really well really quickly so mm-hmm. uh there's more drainage work to do there's there's no end in sight really sure uh, no it never is but i was just kind of curious what was sort of at the top of your list in terms of yeah you know we've we've been adding some uh some tees here and there on the other courses uh so we might do a little bit of that as well there's still a few more room for some more forward tees or back tees mm-hmm. uh you know we built a I think that we caught people by surprise by building a back tee because we've really just been building forward tees for a few years now. Sure. So we put a back tee on eight of the yellow, 
and we might see if there's any. The yellow might have is actually probably the only course that has room for another back to you. Uh, you know, the yellow has some 300 ish par fours, Four, so, yes, which I think is fine for a, uh, the yellow tees or forward tees. Sure. But yeah, if we can go back a little bit, we'll do that. Uh, the black horse is still lots of work to do on some of the black horse uh, in terms of drainage as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've done some of the. Uh, it's worked out well for us in, in a couple spots we've done it. We've done basically fake turf, this uh, hydro turf, as it's called. Sure. And uh, on, on non-irrigated tee to fairway type areas, like where it's not really in, nest, in danger of being in play, but it's high traffic. Right. And so that, that, that helps. And I think sometimes it might not be an exciting project for the golfer, but like when we do that, that means that now someone doesn't have to mow it anymore, doesn't have to worry about irrigating it anymore. And now th- that labor is pushed on to other sure. areas of the golf course for yep. our benefit. Uh, there's always things that, like Mike. Mike's always, uh, you know, tweaking the black horse a little bit. Uh, maybe not tweaking, but just upgrading. Yeah. Uh, yeah bunker sure. bunker faces, like mm-hmm. little things that you know we, we you know there's no way a bunker is going to last till the Ryder Cup. So we're doing some stuff now, and and even some of the stuff we're doing, like we redid the fourth bunker, mm-hmm. uh, the big cross bunker, and there are some things that we want to do a couple of years before the Ryder Cup, just so it, it's not you know, an obvious remodel. Uh, right. You know, sometimes you can still see the sidelines for a year or so. So we want sure. to do things that we have to make sure we're doing uh, doing well in advance of that as well. Yeah, uh, that's um, th- that's got to be a sort of uh, a fun thing to be looking forward and, and sort of having off in the distance but not off in the distance, right. sort of hovering. But um, yeah. I know it seems like uh, people think, oh, that's, got plenty of time for that but it's you don't oh it comes you fast, d- it yeah. comes every, fast. every tournament we've had it's like oh, it, com- it comes fast and i think uh you know i think we'll get a little chatter and, and excitement this year with the Ryder cup at whistling straits and then as soon as that's over right you know we're, we're the next american site at least so, right exactly uh, you know i think i think there'll be a little push there'll probably be a little uh, I, i'm you know it's always nice during or fun during the like this year's Ryder cup i'm sure there'll be a few shots of beth page and talking about the next 100 percent uh so it's excitement and then you know excitement with a touch of pressure so that's good too you know yeah. Yeah. Then have you have to realize that, you know, uh, where where the site, where they're going to be the, you know, probably could be the biggest golf tournament in, in the history, in the history of America on that, uh, uh, for that Ryder Cup for us. I think it will be. I mean, it, it's exciting, but it's not like, for the, for all intents and purposes, it's not anything you're not prepared for. I mean, you're never fully prepared, but... I mean, you've hosted U.S. Opens uh, multiple times. You've learned. You've you've adapted. You've grown. You've uh, there's got to be a certain level of um, confidence in in organizationally, structure, infrastructure-wise, that you're ready for that kind of challenge. Yeah, I think so. I think now, especially after the doing the PGA Championship with the PGA of America and having the PGA of America coming back. So we kind of have a little bit of a groove with them and, mm-hmm. and, and Kerry Hay, who yeah. is the, the chief championship officer for the PGA Championship and the Ryder Cup, and then being familiar with him. Uh, uh, I think that you're right. We, we, so we know what we're doing. We still have to execute it. Sure. So I guess that's part of the, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's sort of, uh, they were talking about the, uh, ESPN radio, I was talking about football, and they were talking about how, a successful team is when, you know, on offense you can run a play and the defense knows what you're doing and you still get it done. Right. I think for us it's like, yeah, it's not, not that it makes it easy. You right. still have to do it. But right. uh, I think we know what to do. And, and uh, hopefully now in the case of 2009, Mother Nature won. Like it just, right. it was almost, it was nothing. I was just uh, going to, well, you stole the line. I was going to say like yeah. Mother Nature kind of uh, calls the blitz or the audible and, and <laughs> yeah. you have to sort of adapt right. to it. Right. So there's preparing, you know, hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. And, and sometimes right. with those tournaments, you know, you, 
when people ask, like, why do you need 75 volunteers or 100 volunteers? And a lot of times it's, That's you why. know, yeah, when everything is going well, uh, you know, everybody's back in the back in the tent at 7 o'clock having breakfast and getting ready to watch a good day of golf. Sure. Uh, and then there are other days where uh, we might Can be Can you work an extra else. shift? Yeah, right, right. And uh, Or do we need 40 guys on squeegees like we did in 2009 <laughs> right. on, in addition to getting everything else done? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Ryder Cup... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm looking forward to this year's and, and ours. It's uh, it's pretty, uh, it's, such, it's the best event in golf. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, oh, I it's can't wait. beyond compare, to be honest. Well, let's just hope we're not uh, trucking in wood chips for that and just enjoying, <laughs> enjoying <laughs> yeah. that. Enjoying if, that. You know what? If you look just right from 2009, we had to put crushed stone on one fairway mm-hmm. because it got so muddy. And, and eh, if, I can still see it. I still know where it is. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for uh, a great show. Looking forward to faults and fixes next. But uh, thank you for joining me today and as always every year for a great job that you do here at Beth Page I appreciate your time oh my pleasure thanks alright folks that's it for On Par you're listening to On Par with Anthony Scorcher